Welcome to the Armada Podcast with your host, Kalorn. Uh, Will was quoted as saying, quote, For Armada, we are not in a position to provide meaningful and valuable content. And, end quote. And Juliet Whiskey. First thing I want to say as, as official sort of host, co-host, is that the Armada Podcast will be reorganized into the first Armchair Jedi media empire. And now... The Armada Podcast. Hello and welcome to the most recent episode of the Armada Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Kellorn, and we have a bit of a change in store this week uh, as uh, we have an announcement. Um, Juliet Whiskey is going to be stepping back from his role as a, a host uh, on the podcast. He will st- still be around and support us uh, in, in as well, any ways that he can, but I'm here to introduce our new permanent co-host for the podcast, uh, whom you've all heard several times on the podcast recently, but Armchair Jedi, uh, welcome to the show as a permanent member. Thank you, thank you so much. I'm I'm super excited to be here. It's uh, it's an honor to to have this uh, this chance to to be part of this uh, full time. And um, I think I my my first thing I want to say as as official sort of host co-host is that the Armada podcast will be reorganized into the first Armchair Jedi media empire for safe and secure community <laughs> content. <laughs> nice, nice. Thank you. So I, uh, w- so were you surprised when I, I, I messaged you the other day? I was, I was, I was, I thought, okay, well, gosh, maybe, maybe they're getting desperate for, for guests or something like that. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was a surprise, but, uh, but a welcome one. And I was, you know, I was a little, a little surprised, a little, um, you know, um, I, I, I wasn't expecting it, I guess, is, is what you could say. And so, um, yeah. It was that just, is generally uh, what surprise is, yes. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it, but um, I'm I'm really honored that, um, that you guys Hey, hey you talked your wife into letting, so. you, letting you do it, so uh, that's the best, best part, right? Yeah, well, the, the whole family's kind of on board, so I, I told them I'm going to be internet famous, so they were all on board. <laughs> uh, very limited internet famous, very limited internet famous. It's all going to start so, somewhere. Uh, so uh, just a little bit note on programming. Uh, today, we are very much going to be talking about the, the hottest topic in Armada news lately, and that's the Will Schick interview that was conducted by Krabek and his channel, uh, which was very well done, and uh, uh, and kudos to him for getting Will Schick on the show. Uh, the, he, Will, it was while that interview was mostly about Shatterpoint, there are some notes and things about Armada and the other games that we definitely need to touch on. Uh, there's there are some uh, big announcements uh, if you haven't heard, so uh, stick with us there. Next week, uh, we should have Fox Omega back. He, uh, as noted, uh, has had a big promotion at work and has been absolutely getting slammed by unexpected stuff and so was unable to make it tonight. Hopefully, we'll have him back next week. And we want to talk next week about kind of the closeout of the Vassal World Cup and how that uh, kind of wrapped up and wh- what the top four ended up looking like there, as well as kind of what to expect and what our predictions are for how to approach Worlds, uh, both the Last Chance Qualifier and the Worlds Tournament itself. Uh, we will not be having a, a an episode recording the week of Worlds, because obviously you guys, uh, the, those of you that are there, are going to be very busy. Uh, Fox is planning on being there. I, I'm sure I, I don't remember if you're going or not. I can't make it. I've, I've said that a number of times at this point. But uh, yeah, so we're going to hold off on it that particular week. And then we'll be back the week after to cover Worlds in depth. Yeah, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to be there either, unfortunately, but uh, hopefully hopefully one day. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping the next year that uh, I can make it if uh, we have one in 2024. So uh, without further ado, uh, I guess I'm going to kind of cover a couple of the things that were said in this interview. And so as, as I mentioned, uh, Krabek the, uh, was interviewing Will Schick, who is the creative director for uh, Atomic Mass Games. He was covering primarily, it was about an hour and what, hour and 40, hour and 50 minute yeah, interview or something like that. It was a really long uh, interview, uh, very well done by Krabek. Um, I did get a chance to talk with Krabak this afternoon. Um, you know, he, he is very much of the opinion that uh, he sees what was said as a positives for Armada and the other games. Um, and we're hoping uh, I was kind of discussing with him about the chance of him coming back on the show uh, at, at some future date. So I'm, I'm hoping we can get Krabak on here. Uh, and so we'll, we'll try and go from there. That said, there are a couple of things that are, should be brought up, let's say, in regards to this interview. The first one is the probably in what I consider to be good news, and that is that uh, AMG has every intention of releasing a rapid reinforcements to uh, when that'll be, what it will be. Uh, there is no further clarification on that, but they have. But they did say that they have every intention of of uh, of releasing a rapid reinforcements to type of thing. So we, we are going to have a whole section on, on kind of our speculation about that uh, at the, after this segment. Uh, so I, I guess from that perspective, I'm, I, I was very happy. The second part that is maybe not so good is that uh, Will was quoted as saying, quote, for Armada, we are not in a position to provide meaningful and valuable content. And end quote. So that is m- probably the thing that has set off the controversy in the community as much as uh, as it is more or less being seen as AMG saying that they have no intention of truly developing new content for Armada, at least anytime soon. Um, so I guess armchair, when you looked at this, uh, this interview and then you kind of, what was your reaction to the things that I just brought up? Yeah, no, so I, I tuned in and watched it live, and so I kind of felt those um, different emotions as, you know, as as the words were being spoken. I know it was, I mean, there's the words, and there's also, you know, the tone and, and the, how he says it, and the, I was watching his eyes. As soon as Krabok, um started asking him about Armada, I, like, zoomed in on his face. I'm, like, watching his eyes, trying to look for a tell or anything. Um, I felt, so th- the way they described... Um, X-Wing in particular, you know, it's had a bunch of releases, had a bunch of development time. It's in a second edition. Um, and my read on that was that it was sort of edging towards being a, a done thing. Um, of course, all this is speculation. I have no idea what, what is actually going on behind uh, behind closed doors in Seattle. I, I guess the other thing to bring up there, Armchair, in regards to that is, well, AMG has actively had development on both X-Wing and legion some of those changes have not been well received by the community so there's also this element of people are like i'm glad they didn't touch armada no oh, definitely yeah um but just in terms of what was said yeah um this week i think when it came to armada and you know and, and he kind of blended it he tried to um i think walk a very very fine line and, and he did a pretty good job but he he talked about this notion of like we want to have compelling content uh we want to be able to provide um new new uh, new stuff if it's compelling right like and when i think about 
the stuff that we've got, you know, you, you can you can definitely say, oh yeah, your Providence is compelling, ISD is compelling, all these ships that we've we've been playing with for years, uh, they've got a connection to each of us in some way, whether you're you're a prequel fan or not, you know, it, it's it's all uh, a part of the 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 world, the universe that we love. And I was brainstorming with some some people on our, our local Discord about, okay, well, what 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 else is out there that's compelling and and um, people were bringing up, oh, you know, this ship or that ship. And I was like, yeah, you know, that that's that's a neat ship and it could have some neat rules attached to it. But what what do we have left out there that's like really, you know, pulls at you? And I thought, okay, there's there's a Luker Hulk. There's uh, Malevolence, which is, um, you know, a very interesting ship. Uh, beyond that, I was I was really kind of struggling to think of like what what else? Somebody mentioned the, the Arrestor class from from Solo and, um, and Andor. But what Will said was that we don't want to just create releases for the sake of having releases. And I don't think, I think the community would get tired of that pretty quickly if they did go down that route. If they just started like, oh, here's, you know, give us some money and we'll give you some plastic. Eventually we'd be, we'd be, um, we'd be starting to scratch our head and ask the question. So I, I respect the notion that they want to do justice to the, to the game, to the universe and, and everything else. Um, unfortunately that, read leads me to a place of like well i i feel like we're getting close to done uh you know unless unless the next season of andor or mandalorian or something comes up with something wow uh that we haven't seen or ahsoka you know and and kind of gives a, a shot in the arm to the to the to what's out there to be to be to be added well i guess there there's a couple things in my lexicon that i i, I that I have trouble with and and just so the, that our listeners are aware, I did submit a public relations request to Asmodee, who is the parent company of atomic mass games in regards to this interview, asking for an official comment from a media perspective, which is uh, some of you may realize that the podcast is a media outlet. You, uh, you are listening to a media broadcast. Uh, and so we are technically members of the media as hosts. And so I basically asked Asme Day to go on record with, you know, responding to the things that Will brought up in that interview. And a couple of things I wanted to to note uh, to the community, which may or may not be known uh, kind of on a, on a larger level, is specifically that when this game came over to AMG from FFG, there were there were plans for other Armada content because the clone wars were not considered finished. They were not in active development yet, but there, from what we understand, there were plans to continue with at least a few more uh, clone wars type releases. Um, There were plans for a points rebalance that was somewhere in progress of being done, which was announced, which people may remember with the 1.5 rules announcement that there were all the, while they changed some, point values in there they were were intending to go further with that effort and that got interrupted uh and the other thing is that there are no remaining armada developers left with amg they were either fired laid off or are not or have quit from amg uh during the during or after the transition from uh from fantasy flight so Hopefully we'll get some kind of response from Asmodee, you know, in a dream scenario, we'll get somebody from Asmodee to come on the show and we can ask them these uh, questions directly and maybe get some answers there. But, you know, 
overall, there's, there have been, uh, there's been a lot of polarizing reactions in, in my opinion to this. And I feel like a lot of the, the more recent Armada players, the people that have picked it up more recently, particularly the people that have picked it up since the pandemic and have largely played online uh, on TTS or Vassal or things like that, that those players are generally seeing the interview as mostly positive and that the people who have been playing for a longer period of time, kind of the older guard type of players, more of them are seeing this as that's, this is the death knell of Armada. And I guess I think that the reality of the, of it is somewhere in between those two. That's certainly how I feel about it. I, I have concerns, but I don't think the game is dead. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think the game is dead. And I think, I mean, the, the term like the game is dead is something that gets thrown around a lot. And I think it probably has a lot of different meanings to different people. Like to me, the game being dead is like, um, you know, like we're, 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 we're done. Nobody plays it. It's kind of gone off into the mists of time that people remember um, back in the day kind of a thing. You know, I don't, I don't feel like Armada is there by any stretch of the imaginations, regardless of what AMG does or does not do in the next year or so. I think that the community, especially, I mean, I'm mostly involved with the online community, obviously. So, but the the online community is working really, really hard to continue and prolong and enjoy the game that we have. And we, I think we've shown through events like the, the Vassal world cup, like, um, like, um, the the t oh it's the ICT? international team comp team, That's team what, competition ITC. yeah yeah it was Ho- the, it. you know hoth and yeah and endor and stuff like that all these big and you know i'm sure events are run in in europe in different parts of the world that we're not even aware of and all that community support is going to make sure that this continues to have legs and the fact that the game itself i mean you know yeah point point bet rebalancing notwithstanding the game itself is is pretty healthy, I think. And I think it works for a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And if this past year has shown us anything is that we're still learning about how to play this game and how to, how to keep it new and interesting and find new combinations and, and, and synergies. So I don't think the game is dead by any stretch of the imagination, regardless of what happens here. That being said, um, <clears throat> You know, the, the people who have joined the game more recently, um, like you said, you know, by and large, seeing this announcement more, through more of, more of a positive lens, I, I think that makes sense. They haven't, you know, gone through the, the, the long haul like, um, like some of the rest of us have. And so for them hearing like, oh, yeah, we're going to do more stuff. That's great. And, you know, we as, a, we as an older community or the, the older portions of our community, you know, we're, we're going to be more jaded around that. And, and I understand that too. You know, we've, we've, we've had our hearts broken before and that's a hard thing to, to let go of. I mean, my, my feeling overall is that, and I tend to come at these things from more of a, a, a brain kind of place than a heart place, but it's at the end of the day, this is a business and they've got, whatever they've got going on and the pandemic threw a whole bunch of wrenches into a whole bunch of plans for a whole bunch of people. And if they see that this business is worthwhile continuing and worth 
the investment. And let's not kid ourselves. You know, it, what you're saying about there being no Armada devs or, you know, uh, no cadre of, of, of people at AMG with any sort of deep experience with the game, it's going to be a serious investment to stand that up. And so they're going to make a business decision based on that projected cost versus projected income stream versus the income stream that they're going to get by just continuing to do reprints. And they're going to, um, they're going to make a decision based on that. And if that means well, that other, every once in a while, yeah. The other thing to keep in mind there is that it's Asmodee AMG and AMG only hold the, the star Wars license to the IP until it is it 2025. Is that when it's expired? 2024, 2025, something like that. Mm -hmm. So like there, there's going to come a time where there, where Asmodee and and AMG need to make a decision of whether or not they are going to continue on with the star Wars IP license. And if they don't, that's the end of the, that's the, that's kind of the, the sunset of the game. Uh, Because at that point you can't, develop more um for the game because it's because you don't you no longer have the license to it um so i I, in my opinion like i i really do feel like they're in kind of some kind of a limp mode uh until that decision gets made by uh, and i don't know who who makes that who's going to make that whether that be asmodee or or amg or what yeah but that's kind of what i feel like we're at right now now the other thing to keep in mind is the meta in the game right now is possibly healthier than it ever was before the pandemic you know and before 1.5 you you know there was a number of times where the meta really solidified into one thing that was dominant and if anything is true from listening to the podcast and producing the podcast over the last year there's no dominant dominant archetype in the game right now and i and i feel like you know under rapid reinforcements too could shuffle everything up again and and turn things on their nose again yeah absolutely um and and if important thing to kind of keep in mind um you know whether you read it positively or pessimistically will said that they're they're planning to do at least another rapid reinforcements so you know they're they're it's it's nice to have that sort of commitment for a rapid reinforcements too, but the door is open there for for more, and so I think I kind of look at that with a with with a glimmer of hope that there is a desire to keep going. And you're right, you know, if if the license runs until uh, twenty four twenty five, there is going to be a decision point, and if they see that, and Asmodee sees that this is a viable business product it's entirely possible that something would happen around that, that um, renewal. And I say, I, I imagine there'll be a renegotiation and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. I mean, they just launched Shatterpoint. So that I, I have to believe that they are going to need to maintain some sort of licensing agreement with the, uh, with the mouse. So um, I think there's a lot to, a lot of positives to see in that, even as you know, you, you could see, it as a as a bit of a, a downer so i don't know I, I feel like it could go either way and i think we as a community have got to kind of you know let whatever happens happens keep enjoying the game keep you know buying the the product that we that we need to buy and and uh keep going to the events you know the, the more we can show them through events and worlds and things like nova and um lone star lvo 
St. Lawrence, all that kind of stuff, all the stuff going on in Europe. You know, that that's got to land on somebody's desk and go, Whoa, shoot, you know, a hundred people showed up for this Armada tournament. You know, that, that, that's got to have an impact, I think. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I think we're just going to keep enjoying the game. And the more we enjoy the game, I think the more good things are going to happen. Got to trust the force. Yeah, no, I, I think that that leads us right into kind of some active speculation about rapid reinforcements too, and kind of what our predictions are to, to for the game and i guess it's just operating on some assumptions here i'm going to assume for now that you're going to see something of a similar vein to what we saw in rapid reinforcements one where you get a cross-faction ship uh and some kind of squadron for each uh of the of the of the factions and they're bringing in um you know some uh new things uh uh new abilities and new and, and ships to, to kind of reinvigorate a certain aspects of the game. So I guess what I'm expecting when I sat down uh, to kind of think about it over the last uh, day or so is these are my predictions. I expect that the rebels will get a quasar because it's absolutely iconic from, uh, from Re- the, the rebels TV show that the, the, the rebellion had a quasar. I also think that the 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 in the reason why I think that 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 particularly like a, a rebel quasar one with a, with maybe like a single offensive retro and a weapons team, I think that it, the rebels could really use a fairly cheap squad pusher that will kind of reinvigorate their non rogue type of um their non rogue type of put squadron gameplay because right now the 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 rebels are very much set into this kind of rogue land and to go along with that i i also think that they could do use an a y-wing ace that does something like spending a token to change a black bomber dice to a hit uh, on another y-wing uh something along those lines that it's not too powerful but it it makes y-wings a little bit more playable because right now they're in a tough spot uh for imperials i'm expecting something like a nebulon that has uh, brace redirect evade um, and, and something with that doesn't maybe doesn't have a, a turbo laser slot and is, is set up more of like a, as, as a support type of ship, maybe even with a fleet command uh, and give them the ability to have like a mid uh, a, a mid points costed fle- uh, fleet command ship. Uh, and then I, I really feel like they could use another TIE fighter type of ace uh, as well. Uh, for the Galactic Republic, I, I'm expecting something. Uh, if, I, I honestly feel like that the Architons is maybe the most iconic ship that they don't have, and it's a pretty direct port over from the Imperials. Uh, I, I do not believe that they're going to get double redirect on it uh, because of Obi-Wan, so you'll probably see it with something like Evade, Redirect, Contain, Salvo. But other than that, it can pretty much be ported straight over. Maybe an Arc Ace, because the Arcs uh, have been kind of lacking an Ace on that spot. spot. And then for the CIS, I kind of uh, was uh, struggling to kind of figure out what they needed. And, and I kind of see them as maybe getting like the Assault Frigate Mark II B. Uh, that way it doesn't compete with the Muni on the front arc. It's only got a two red dice front arc. And then just maybe some really weird upgrade slot uh, set up, kind of like the, the Rebel Providence. And then I honestly think that we might see two CIS squadrons. Uh, something like maybe Wat Tambor and a Belbelub that has Brace, Evade, and Escort. Um, and then maybe like Django Fett, uh, though with a, like a blue-black bomber and, and a fire spray with like a very weird ability. Maybe 
something similar to Boba Fett, like uh, a friendly squad, uh, ship or squad at range one takes a damage and you deal one damage to an enemy ship or squad at range one, something that hmm. feels similar to, to Boba's ability, but is distinct and maybe has a downside. So I guess those are the things that I've been kind of expecting, um, you know, in terms of a, uh, of what I could see a rapid reinforcements to looking like, but uh, armchair, what do you see? Well, I, I'm kind of, again, of, of kind of two minds. And I, I feel like people are going to read a whole lot into the content of, of reinforcements too. And so um, I could see certainly something like what you, you described there where, you know, it's basically rapid reinforcements one part two and everybody gets, you know, you get a ship and you get a ship and you get a ship and you get an ace. Um, and, you know, from that point of view, I was trying to kind of, again, think of, of what's, who needs what and where I, I kind of your, your idea of the, the Nebulon as a, as a support ship with a fleet command, I thought was, was an interesting um, twist on that. Um, it, it'd be interesting to, to, to see what, what it would look like to have a cheap fleet command option for Imperials where you don't have to spend, what is it? 120 points for, for a Psy moon. 112, get, but yeah, 112. Yeah. So that would be that'd be a really neat thing, and of course, yeah, the quasars. I haven't re- I haven't gotten to that part of uh, Rebels yet, but I know it's coming, so I'm I'm, I'm excited to get there. I've never um, actually seen any of the animated shows for Star Wars, so okay. I'm going this off of you know other people that have told me, and I know that yeah. at some point they capture a rebel a quasar, and it's a big big deal. Uh, and I guess the other point is like the the nebulons from uh you know from lore those were imperial ships before the rebels stole them yeah so like i i really feel like the, it that that kind of fits lore wise yeah it definitely does and of course the and the architons is is i feel like that's the most um you know the the easiest one to predict honestly i think the the Re- republic is going to get an architons and it'll, it'll fill a nice uh you know red dice broadsidey um niche for them um might might we see uh, an ion cannon slot on that one platform? I don't know. That would be. Uh, I mean, the, the imperial ones don't have it. No, and they don't really have it. like. There's it, no blue so dice, I, but yeah. The the command variant has a blue dice to the front, I believe. Doesn't? Yeah, it? I think so. Yeah, front and back, but not. I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing stuff out there, but um, I mean, I think yeah. So I think I could see something like this. I don't know that another Tie Fighter Ace for Empire. Uh, there's already how many, like four, four or five, if you count black squadron, um, tie fighter aces, I'd like to see something like, like a, like a phantom ace or maybe an advanced ace, something that we don't, you know, we don't see those, those hulls on the table. And, you know, you, you know, from listening to me in the past couple of times I've been on the show, it, it's, I, I want to see stuff that I don't see very often. And I want to breathe new life into those, um, into those areas. So uh, a new a new Tie Fighter Advanced Ace or a new um, a new Phantom Ace to to I, I I definitely hear what you're saying and I I think that's one of the reasons why I think that the Rebels could really use that Quasar is they mm-hmm. don't really have a good way to take in, in a reasonably placed price platform to take something that has flight controllers and can push four to five squads at once yeah and yeah. And I feel like that if you t- if you gave them something that in a reasonably priced pl- platform could do that could do that, I think that you could see some really nasty Z ninety five type fleets. Yeah. Because now you're looking at three reds and a blue 
from flight controllers for seven points. Like that's, it's going to be swingy, but it's got swarm. Like it's got torn. Everybody takes blount. Like I I think that you could, you could see some nasty stuff that, uh, that like, that is completely off the wall for the rebels that we don't see. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was kind of thinking like, what if we had another Z95 ace? What if it was a, like, um, like an added dice ace. So like, like a blunt, but instead of a reroll, it adds a, adds a red or it adds a blue or maybe not a blue. Cause then you have interactions with torn, but you know, it adds, adds something um, for 14 or 16 points with the, with the scatter brace with that, you know, that plus blount plus cheapness of Zeds plus a quasar with that, you know, you, you, you'd have this, this ball of deadly little needles that, you know, you could brush aside with a sneeze, but you know, they would, they would peck you to death if, if they, if given the chance. So yeah, it opens up some interesting kind of um, ideas or your, your, your Y-wing um, ace idea. I, I think, so when, when I first thought about, okay, what is, what is reinforcements two going to look like? My thought was they're going to try to finish as much as they can the clone wars. So in my mind, that was, okay, we're going to see a Republic Architens because Republic Architens. I couldn't, you know, same thing. I couldn't really think of something for CIS. I don't play a lot of CIS. So uh, I'm sure the CIS community is going to, uh, is going to be full of, of suggestions, but I, I couldn't think of anything. Um, yeah. But then, I, I really struggled with them as well. Like that, mm-hmm. but like, I, I, cause I don't think that they need another large. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need another small. So like, what mediums in the game exist that would even fit. And I felt like the, like, I think that you could make the assault frigate different enough from a Muni. Yep. That it's that, that it doesn't like infringe on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the it's, it's similar though. It's, it's tough. And, and lore wise, you know, if you want to, if you want to kind of, I don't know how, how much, um, emphasis they put, but I, they know that the community, you know, the lore is really important to the community. So, you know, the, the assault frigate was a rebuilt dreadnought and the dreadnought was the, the clone wars era platform. So um, it's a little harder in my mind anyway, to kind of retcon that assault frigate back into the clone wars. And it would be to bring the, the dreadnought into the, the civil war era. Uh, but we're not, you know, if we're, if we're not thinking about new plastic, then, you know, that's something they could maybe, hand wave or, or just kind of, um, you know, just make happen. Yeah. I mean, but a lot of those, you know, those like the assault frigates were like, a lot of that was just like pieces of ships that were slapped onto freighters. Yeah. And the CIS was supposed to be more into the trade for, I don't know. Like, yeah. I said, like that one, I, the hardest thing that I see is what ship do you give the CIS? Yeah. But I do think that, I do think that we might be, we might see two, aces or two new squadrons for the cis this this round as a as a makeup yeah one one ship that i did think about was the hammerhead i just watched an episode of, of rebels where they where there were some hammerheads and they talked about how it used to be a yeah. transport and that kind of got me thinking okay if it used to be a transport trade federation you know all that kind of mercantile but, like how aspect. does that fit in like well because like, how the- do you how do you it's fit very that similar in? to a hard sell, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, do, how do you like? That's what I get. What I have a problem with is like, yeah. how do you fit something into the CIS fleet that isn't kind of already taken by the stuff that they have? Yeah, I mean, the only the only thing that really come to mind is if it was like a torpedo, 
um, with more of an, uh, an ordinance and, and, uh, you know, getting your face kind of, um, bent to it. Right. Instead of the, the, uh, a hard sell, which was, you know, the red dice and, and more of a support, um, ship. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's tough. And I, and I hope they do come up with, with something compelling. Um, my, my, my thinking was besides the architons and maybe something else for, for CIS, um, you know, if this was just a um, a completion revision, then we'd just see a bunch of rebel and imperial and um, and rogues and villains squadrons for each of the republic and the CIS to to patch in the the missing squadron keywords. You know, to give them assault and give them some rogue and give them some um, strategic. I think you got to be real careful giving CIS assault like yes. real oh, yes. real careful yeah. uh i i don't know like it, we we have play tested a little bit around with it but like it just kind of some people like theory crafting um but like you got to be real careful with that because that could that could really get crazy with juku and with tf in that Absolutely. faction yeah, and, and, I mean, I, and I honestly, I don't know that they need strategic. And yeah. I got one of the things I was thinking about is like, I think that uh, like a bubble of ace, like Wat Tambor or something that did have that escort, but it didn't have a scatter. Whereas mm. like, so like, yeah, you can escort, but it's not going to last long. It's kind of just a speed bump. Like, I think that that could be just enough, like just enough to get CIS over the hump to have their their squadrons be effective without instantly getting obliterated but still have that feel where they get blown up a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd like to see something out of either out of a a, a Bellabub, um ace or some other I guess it's the only the only manned ship they have, isn't it? But some something that that gives you a reason to take the the bulbs because right now, you know, nobody, nobody they take the vultures, they take the hyenas and the and and the tri fighters, and you pretty much never see the the bellbubs. And I think they're really neat. I mean, they're a neat looking ship. I think that the the screen rule is really neat, but there's there's not enough reason to take them. And so, if you had something that that gave a a boost somehow, um, I think that would be neat. Because again, it would open up that that space. Now it's like, oh, these are an option that are worthwhile in some circumstances. And now I have to think about how I take them. And then as an opponent, I have to th- think about what if I see this on the table, how do I deal with it? And that, you know, that's just good. That's just good for the, for the meta. And the more you have to think, uh, the better it is. Yeah. No, like I said, I, I think that there's a lot of room there. I, I, I am by no means prognosticating to say that this is the only possible path forward for a rapid reinforcements too. But, you know, having spent the last year analyzing what's, what people are playing at high tiers. These are the things that I feel like could fit in without breaking something, but still offering interesting options for gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, at the end of the day, that that's all we, we all really want. So um, no pressure AMG, but uh, as long as it, as long as it's interesting, and it gives us something new to chew over. I think we'll be, we'll be happy for a while anyway. Yeah, and I honestly feel like we're going to be chewing, like people are going to be throwing out random ideas on this from now until we get it. So absolutely, you know, please, please feel free to to throw out your ideas. I mean, in the in the Discord, yeah. uh, you know, we're, there there will certainly be lots of people 
willing to be and 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 happy to speculate with you uh, in regards to to what's coming. So, well, uh, we're going to keep this a kind of a shorter episode this week uh, with uh, the fact uh, because Fox is out and we we definitely wanted to to cover this kind of big news. I guess is, is the way way to 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 get, but uh, we we can't can't go anywhere without some hot take 30 action to, to close us out here. So uh, armchair, you want to throw mine my way? Certainly. Um, so Kalorn squadron play would be faster and more enjoyable. If in order to attack, you had to be in base to base contact with your target hot or not. This is a really hot take. I mean, you're talking about like changing a, a really significant manner of how the game works right like um you know this changes a lot of calculations uh on like how far do you need to go to be to to engage somebody else like how far do you need to be away like people have spent a lot of time and you know i I played in a tournament here this last weekend where i was playing sloan with hondo and mauler and before literally the the morning before i went to the tournament i opened up tts and i played around with distances so that i knew how far i had to be away from something so that i could make the combo work the way i wanted it to work and you know that people do that all the time if you see people that are at the end of a round or right before the squad phase where they're gonna they hold up their their the their distance five ruler and and they put it to your squads and then they put it to their squads they're evaluating where do they need to be to be to be to do what they want to do the next turn and I feel like this this would be a significant update to that. So that, but that's not necessarily a reason not to do it. I guess the other thing that here is, if you do do this, there's a limit to the number of squads that can attack you in, in a particular round. And I guess what makes it even more interesting is, what if you had to be in base to base contact to attack a ship? You know, mm-hmm. again, now you're talking about severe limitations on how many ships can get into range to bomb a ship in any given round, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a really hot take. I don't know that I particularly think it's a good idea, but I, I think that it's something that people, you know, it, it's worth chewing on in the back of your head to think about just what the ramifications of something like that might be. Yeah, no. And, and I definitely think you'd see a lot more rhymer in a, in a situation like that. Um, I think, I think, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I agree with this because I think you're shifting the trigonometry phase as, as I call it. Sometimes you're just shifting the parameters on it. You know, like right now I'm really worried, like, okay, am I going to be within distance? One of this one, am I going to be within distance? One of myself, I'm going to get splashed by, by Anakin. Um, you know, my distance two, but I'm within distance. One of this guy, you know, it, it, there, we already do all that stuff. If you change it to base to base, then it's still a matter of, okay, where do I have to be to be here, but not there next turn. You're just kind of shifting the the parameters from this, this bigger bubble to a, you know, a, a, a physical contact kind of situation. So I, I don't know that the, the, the trick of it, of course, is that to make that a part of the game, you would have to revamp everything because you know, snipe and escort and intel and everything else. How would that work? How would well, not only bubbles... that, but all of the like splash type, yeah, squadrons. All of that would have to change. Well, because if they were like, Anakin, I'd be okay with that. Well, but I mean, like, if, but you think about it, like Mauler, 
Yeah. If, if, if you have to group up that tightly to kill somebody, Mauler becomes infinitely more dangerous. Flack yeah. becomes more dangerous. Anakin yeah. becomes more dangerous. And who's that? Um, is it Valen who you can't attack if you're engaged with somebody yes. else? And Valen like, becomes, yeah. Valen becomes like, oh, yes, auto take. Um, so, yeah, like it would be a huge change up to the game. And maybe that's not, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe that's not a good thing. I don't, I don't know. But would it make it faster or more enjoyable? I don't know. Because I, I, I kind of feel, like, a... feel like no, because it would it would tend towards the calculations you're doing now, but just with different parameters. I, I guess like enjoyable, I, I don't really know. Like I don't feel like I can say definitively one way or the other. I do not believe it would be make it faster. Yeah. Uh, I, because it, you're it would make people even more paranoid about yeah. the measurements they need to make to get something somewhere. Yeah. I, I mean, I used to play Warhammer 40K. And if you wanted to, to punch somebody, you had to be in, in base-to-base contact with them. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a big, like, okay, I'm going to charge. So I'm going to take my measuring tool. I'm going to make sure I get all my guys and, and make sure I move the right guys at the right time in the right order to get them in where I want them to be. To, and yeah, it's, I don't think it, I don't think it changes the, I don't think it changes the world. Um, I think it makes it more obvious when certain effects are, are in play and that's maybe a positive, but other than that, I don't know that that's, it would be uh, better necessarily. Alrighty. Well, we we would not be the Armada podcast if we didn't have a food related hot take, and I had to dig deep to find mm. one Canadian related just for you, Armchair, for your first episode here on the podcast. So, oh my goodness, as, okay. as a host, so poutine would be better if the cheese curds were fried. What? Like fry the cheese curds? So would they be they be crunchy or something? Like that would just be. Well, fried cheese curds are amazing. Are, are, so I, I think that we don't, the, the we don't cr- torture our Kurds like that in this country. We are we are kind and, and open society. Well, I mean that's just that's just poor form because che- fried cheese curds are clearly superior to non-fried cheese curds. Fried. I cheese think curds. that's where this this food related hot take is coming. So I've I've never had a fried cheese curd. So you're gonna have to walk me through what what is that? Have, have you had like a mozzarella stick? Yeah. It's essentially a mozzarella stick with cheddar cheese curd inside instead of mozzarella. Okay, so there's like a breading to it. Yeah, no, you, you like it's like breaded cheese curd. Breaded cheese fried. curds on my fries? No, 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 sir, 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 no, no, we cannot even entertain that as a option. Like the 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 potato and the gravy and the naked curd. Now your curd has got to be the right temperature. If you get a poutine with cold curds, that's just as bad as as this fried curd monstrosity that you're describing. Um, but I'm, I'm a firm, firm believer and not just as a, as a proud Canadian, but as a proud human that poutine is, cannot be improved upon. And that is with French fries, gravy, and the normal humble cheese curd. Yeah. It's funny. Like I've heard a whole lot about poutine and I, I, I would very much like to try it sometime next time I get to go to Canada, but uh, like I love fried cheese curds. Like you, you dip them in a little sauce, you know, your, your, your favorite sauce. I particularly like ranch dressing. I, I think that, you know, fried cheese curds like are amazing. I, I am a little skeptical about, like, I feel like the whole point of poutine and the cheese curds in it is for the cheese curds to melt. Am, am yeah. I off base here? No, that's, that's it. That's the, that's the, of the, of the poutine. Yeah, so like I, I like the, when I saw this one, I, I was like, "Oh, we got to bring that in because it's it's clearly Canadian related." Uh, yeah. But you know, I, I was also a little skeptical because, like, you, you know, 
I think your texture, you have a texture problem and you have a melting problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, like when you describe a fried cheese curd, I, I think, yeah, that does sound delicious as a thing. Um, not as a, as a part of our, um, one of our national dishes. So, I, so because we've had this conversation over and over again, and because mm-hmm. you're a new host of the, the Armada podcast armchair, what do you consider to be the most superior hamburger to have in terms of like hamburger joint? Oh goodness. Um, now I know this is a minefield, especially for uh, people from these more southern culture groups. But I used to live in a little place called Newestminster, um, just upriver from where I live now. And there was a little shack just around the street, around the corner from where I lived, called Burger Heaven, and they had the best burgers. I was their tagline "Heaven on a Bun"? Uh, God, you know, it's been it's been like decades. I don't even know if they're still there. I hope they are. It was a neat little place. It was like it, it was a place that looked like it had been there for, since the seventies. They had like pictures of people on the wall, and you assumed they were somebody significant, but you had no idea because you didn't recognize them. the The tables had like pictures of people just you know in the restaurant eating burgers, but they were like those faded, yellowed pictures from the seventies and eighties under like a thick laminate uh, cover. Uh, but the burgers were just were just excellent, and they got in you know exotic meats from time to time. You could okay, have like so some... so so what what makes a good burger for you then? Like, oh wow! How do you, how do you, what's the setup? Yeah, I need to have. Uh, I mean, the the the, the patty itself has got to be, um, you know, it's got to be it's got to be good. And I I don't consider myself enough of a foodie to really be able to to describe that to you. But it's got to be you know juicy and flavorful. I, I had a burger on the weekend and, you know, ordering it off the card. I was like, oh, that sounds great. I'll have one of those. And I got it. And the, the, the patty was like mashed wafer thin and it was crispier than the bacon. I'm like, what, what is, what is this on my burger? I was so disappointed, but um, yeah, it's gotta be, yeah, it's gotta be juicy and tasty. You gotta have like the nice melted cheese. I like some bacon on there. Uh, sometimes, you know, some lettuce and tomato. I'm not really a mushroom fan. Um, you know, a nice, a nice kind of tangy sauce is nice to have sometimes. Um, I always complain when I get it all over my hands, but like the, 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 the good ones usually get all over your hands. I'm not, I'm not, one of those things like about burgers guys. is like, if you bite into it, stuff comes out the other side of the burger. Mm. So I'll tell you what, I hate it when I bite into my burger and everything comes out the other side. I don't know if that's a bun mechanic. I wish Fox was here so we could ask him because I feel yeah, like, right? like this, we really, of these things. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure we ask Fox about this yeah. next week. But. but like when I, when I, when I have a burger and the first thing that happens after I bite it in is that, you know, like the, the good stuff just spoots out the other side. I'm like, what was, or worse is when the bun just disintegrates. See, like, see like, for me, like one of the really important parts about it is the bread, right? Like you need mm-hmm. to have, like, if you don't have good bread, like yeah. what are you even doing? Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Alrighty, well, I think that's going to wrap us for uh, your fir- first episode here as a, as a host, Armchair. Well, thank you very much for for uh, committing, and we appreciate it. Thank you. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. I've got some some very big shoes and a very deep voice to fill. I've been right. working on on my uh, <laughs> hot take thirty, but I, it's still a work in progress. So it's, um, I'm gonna work on that. Yeah, no, definitely got to work on that because yeah. mine's terrible. Like. Uh, yeah, whiskey but, definitely um, had the MC uh, abilities down pat. Absolutely. Um, 
yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks again. I look forward to, to taking this ride into the future with you guys and, um, and serving up some, some big content. I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more results from the Vassal World Cup and especially looking forward to Worlds. That's going to be the next big, big, big thing on everybody's mind. So, All righty. Well, everyone, take care this week and fly safe. Thank you for listening to the Armada Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with the show on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at Armada Podcast. Join us on Discord with the link in the show notes. Until next time.